Hi there, and welcome to the Smart Building series again. Uh, and today we are discussing building a smarter office, IoT, the network, and the future of work. Uh, and I'm really pleased uh, to have a great guest with us today. Uh, his name is Alan Nee from Aruba Networks, and I'll be introducing him in a minute. Uh, just really uh, to kick things off, a few things from me. First off, a big thank you to Project Haystack. Again, they're, they're sponsoring our uh, webinar series this year, uh, and I really encourage people to go and check out their website, project-haystack.org, and their mission as an open source platform is basically to simplify data for the Internet of Things. So any of you guys out there who are working with IoT data from buildings, um, this is a really interesting project. Go and check it out. Uh, yeah, and in terms of housekeeping, just want to say uh, we really encourage people to get involved. So if you do have any questions for myself or indeed from Alan, uh, then please type them in. I get them here and then I can put them to Alan uh, when we go into the Q&A part of this uh, uh, session later on. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it from me. Uh, Alan, hi, how are you doing? I am good. Thanks for having me, Jim. Not at all. Really keen to um, learn more about what you guys have been doing with the uh, digital workspace platform, and I know that's, I guess, going to form the the center of your of your presentation today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's been a fascinating topic. A lot of interest that we're talking to just throughout the industry with customers of ourselves with big organizations. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and um, just really. In looking forward to hearing what you've been working on and how you're getting it to market and then obviously perhaps a, more of a, a discussion around some of the trends that you're seeing in the market and what's really driving um, the future of you know workspaces now. Great, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Let's, so are we ready to get started? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Well, Jim, uh, thanks, th thanks for having me here. Uh, so, as Jim said, my name is Alan Nee. Uh, I lead uh, solutions and vertical marketing for Aruba. I'm based in California and uh, really delighted and thanks for your time to have you guys join us for a discussion on this really interesting topic around really smart offices or what we call the smart digital workplace. Um, particularly, I know Jim and his firm, we've been working with them. They've been doing a lot of research on building IoT, you know, the network, and actually want to talk a little bit even more just about the workplace design because we've been doing a lot um, in this specific area. So I, I think the way that we've decided to kind of structure this is uh, I'm going to spend about 25 to 30 minutes to really just kind of share some of our thoughts, um, some of the macro trends that we're seeing, uh, changes in space, changes in expectations from employees, the techno technology, technology itself, and then talk a little bit about what Aruba is kind of doing to kind of contribute to the cause to really build this uh, future of work. So, so, so with that, um, I'm going to get started. Uh, first off, because uh, this may be somewhat of a new crowd, just want to share a really brief moment about Aruba, who we are, uh, et cetera. So Aruba was actually founded in 2003. And uh, we were recently, or not recently, three years ago, we were acquired by Hewlett Packard Enterprise, but we are their edge uh, 
business unit. And when we talk about edge, what does that actually mean is principally, you know, our main lines of business is around networking gear. So wireless, wired, as you see here, we have a two and a half billion dollar run rate business in those specific areas. We are a leader in this category, both wired, wireless capability is ranked by uh, very uh, reputable firms like Gartner. Uh, but within all the infrastructure at the edge, it's really kind of the connectivity and even the compute. And as we think about where IoT is going and you know, all the sensory information that's already at the physical edge, right, over time, there's not just a need to connect these things securely, but to actually compute them, uh, do some compute uh, as well, right? Which is why we're structured as we're structured. Uh, finally, the last piece I'd say is that, you know, from a cultural perspective, we've always been customer first, customer last. And what that means from an organizational standpoint is we have our own brand, we have our own marketing, we have our own sales, uh, dedicated sales force and support uh, to support the products that we have. And similar to, and this is actually a key trend, Similar to a lot of other companies to be successful, it's not about just having great products, but being able to have a really good relationship with the customer, giving them great experience, great service, uh, establishing a great relationship, right? And this kind of ties into the conversation that we have today, because as a lot of organizations like ourselves are focused around that, and depending on the industry that you're in, um, they're starting to really adopt a lot more around digital technology, around mobility, et cetera. And for the organization to actually be successful to create new customer experiences outbound, they need to treat their employees and provide some really, really neat sort of employee experiences uh, to employees. And namely, that's what we're seeing with uh, the workplace itself and this profound change, right? So at Aruba, in our headquarters, which you see here, you know, we're not only creating some of this great technology, but, you know, um, we are basically making our headquarters facility a living lab uh, to really drive uh, and have our employees themselves experience what is actually possible with our technology, right? Which is a really big piece of the conversation today. So, Let's talk a little bit about what some of the big pieces, the big changes that we're seeing um, as it pertains to the building, right? And, uh, and this future of work, right? So these are just some interesting macro stats. So with some of our partners at CBRE, they recently uh, did some research or reports that basically said this year alone, um, I think on a global level, there's over 160 million square feet of space that is actually being constructed. So this is net new space that's being constructed globally. Right? And that's a very, very big number, you know, with, uh, you know, within even a bigger number, which is probably all the addressable kind of uh, office space that's out there that's actually undergoing refresh, et cetera. Now, some of the changes, some of the mandates are actually changing with space. In the past, if you think about commercial or corporate real estate, it was really about just do I have the right amount of space to support my business, right? And am I right-sizing that space? Am I right-sizing the leasing? Uh, what you're seeing now, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, is it's not just is my space right size, 
but do I have the right uh, type of space, right? And this right type of space really goes back to what I just said, this focus on employee experience, user experience. If we want the business to really reinvent through technology, then we need the end users to experience that technology, not just digitally, but physically. And that's really arriving in this space. So down here, if you see like these four points on the left, right, it's not just around portfolio efficiency, but increasingly there's more around making this workplace more agile so that we can change the space possibly a lot more quickly than we've ever been in the past, adding more variation into the space, providing a lot more technology to make the space uh, not passive or static, but respond to employees and visitors and what they're actually doing. Um, and then you, you've probably heard a lot around, you know, th uh, organizations like WeWork, et cetera, this new style of working, right? Really activity-based working, co-working environments, having space on demand, space as a service. These are all not just some of the buzzwords, but some of the investments that are happening. And a lot of this new sort of paradigm in terms of how space is changing and being a lot more active is really driven by IoT, right? So I'd say mobility, IoT, consumerization of technology is all driving all of this. And on the right-hand side, Jim will be very familiar with this, uh, is just an uh, interesting stat, you know, as we were looking, um, what is IoT and how much of that is in the building? And uh, what we found here is commercial, you know, tier one is actually quite a bit, right? Uh, I think the, the predictions, you know, Jim, from your firm, right? Three to four billion, you know, by the turn of the decade. And, you know, I think about my Nest thermostat at home, my cameras, um, and all those things as a lot, right? And that's, that's only 26%, right? So yeah. uh, we just found that pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you think just... Um the different types of uh, of sensors um, across various different you know technology types when you consider things like security video surveillance access control building management systems so you know really how we're we're sensing the environment and you know and i think a lot of th a lot of things are coming together at the moment obviously the 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 price of doing you know computing at the edge is coming down cost of cost of uh, you know, running these sensors is coming down. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of growth in, in the number and different types of sensors being put into commercial real estate, for sure. No, absolutely. And we'll dive into that a little more. So you think about this, why are some of the investments, we talked about this user experience, ultimately to drive the companies to be more productive, to have more productive employees. You may have heard a lot of stats around this, trying to make people more productive. But we've been, we at Aruba, you know, aside from the technology, are also really interested in just the broader sort of landscape, what's actually happening. And recently here, I'll just show you some stats. We, we actually conducted a pretty big survey to say, beyond productivity, you know, what else, you know, with this change in worker expectations, you know, are there other gains, right? And we're finding that there's actually a lot of other gains in terms of happier employees, more well employees that, uh, you know, if you do this right, if you start to build, you know, not a, a much better sort of working environment, enabling collaboration, giving the right tools, you know, engaging with your employees a lot more um, in different ways, 
uh, there's a lot more benefits than just productivity, right? It's ultimately a happy worker, happier worker. So here's just some stats we conducted probably a month ago, uh, uh, a, a global survey serving 7,000 uh, workers across 15 countries to basically uh, understand, you know, um, individuals that were more technology adept and ones that had organizations that supported their technology needs, were there actually any, uh, were there differences, you know, in terms of job satisfaction, work-life balance, well-being? And you could see here, just some really great stats to see, there's some very material differences in terms of how productive they felt they were, how engaged they felt they were with the company, how they measured the culture of the company, and how proud they were work to work at the company and just the wellness, right? And if you think about in this day and age where we're looking for the workforce to really attract and retain the best, you know, these things are really, really important. And um, that's why there's investment around this, right? This employee experience, as we just said. So I said, these are some really fascinating sort of facts. Um, if you're interested uh, more in this, uh, go to our website, uh, arubanetworks.com slash work smart. Um, we have the full report, and those are not just the three stats. It's just kind of a cover line, but we found some interesting things in terms to, you know, these, in, uh, these individuals that are in these new environments, how do, they, uh, how do they think about security? What are they doing from a security standpoint, et cetera? But uh, go here. We have some interesting tools to also have uh, you or your organization kind of measure or rank stack yourself against that sample set that we actually had. So uh, certainly, if you're interested, um, reach out and go there. Uh, some really great information around this topic. So you know, speaking of which, we just talked about productivity. Uh, we talked about wellness. We talked about the change in space portfolio. We talked about the technology. Um, with our partners at Deloitte, you know, this is no longer just uh, technology-led sort of thing or a corporate uh, real estate-led sort of thing or HR-led uh, sort of initiative. It really, truly is a team sport. And as we've kind of experienced ourselves at Aruba or as we've talked to a lot of our leading-edge sort of um, customers that are really at the forefront of building this next-generation smart office or future of work, uh, we're finding the ones that are most successful really do have a large cross-divisional effort uh, to be able to drive these sort of initiatives. As we just said, it's not just the technology, it's not just, um, it's not just the space itself, um, and it's also not just the human capital investments, but it's really a sum of all of them. And uh, you know, here, you know, this is just something that we're starting to see. So even at Aruba as a technology company, uh, historically, you know, our buyers are the network buyers or technology infrastructure buyers. We are talking increasingly more to folks within real estate, to folks um, that are in the C-suite, that are not the CIO or the CTO, that all have vested interest in, in creating this sort of space, right? So let's uh, kind of shift gears here a bit and talk a little bit more before we get into technology, talk a little bit more about how space is actually changing, right? So this is some great uh, information. I did a joint uh, presentation with our partners at Herman Miller uh, recently. 
And everyone's aware of the movement to open offices, but this is actually some interesting um, data, right? Quantitative data in terms of how space is actually changing just in the last several years. And if you look on the average, you'll see conference rooms, right? Instead of a one size, one large conference room, what you're starting to see is a lot more variation in conference room sizes to really focus on the type of work being done. And uh, hence, you know, we no longer have 20 seater rooms, but have rooms all the way down to two or four seats. So that average is coming down. Um, as far as the conference rooms and where people are collaborating, instead of having just one large conference room and one small conference room, they're coming in all shapes and sizes with walls, sometimes without walls, et cetera. So instead of just having one type of conference room in the past, you're having, you know, upwards of six different types of styles because people are collaborating in a different uh, in a different way. Um, kind of going to this right-hand column, you're seeing a lot less private offices. So having privacy as a luxury or based off entitlement. Uh, what you're starting to see is privacy on the demand. Those offices are now converting into havens. And as a result, you know, with from an employee perspective, instead of just being for the elite, right? One out of every 67 folks get a private sort of space. You're seeing it becoming a lot more accessible um, to the masses. Um, you're starting to see coffee room areas that used to be just in the pantry and literally a pantry turn into much larger, broader plaza settings where people can go get coffee and actually sit down and really have kind of ad hoc conversations to really collaborate. Um, things like connected space, things like hallways used to be really areas of just wasted space, right? You really wanted to minimize it, whereas architects are really trying to make those spaces a lot bigger so that you can run into folks um, and have those kind of extemporaneous sort of conversations, right, to really foster this social piece again. And then finally, to make space for all these other programs, they're starting to uh, really reduce uh, or try to reutilize um, the actual focal spaces, which historically have been just very underutilized. Only 40% of, you know, cubicles get utilized, and that's a global average yeah, at any point. So by doing kind of unassigned or free address seating or unassigned work points, that's how we're building space in the space program to be able to enable all these specific sort of initiatives, right? And all these would not be possible if it weren't for huge changes in terms of how workers, uh, the tools they have, mobility, consumerization, right? Just the type of tasks that are doing at work, right? So, you know, you look at the office, right? That's why you're starting to see offices, the design is changing a lot. There's a lot more variety in furniture, even conference rooms, right? It's no longer sheetrocking and putting up permanent walls, right? You're starting to see a lot more modular systems. And if you think about it, you know, once again, mobility is really enabling this style of working. So I just wanted to spend a little time on the space, but I find it pretty fascinating. You kind of move over to the technology side. You know, here, here, here's another uh, interesting set of facts that we, uh, you know, Found with our partners uh, at both uh, at Deloitte, uh, just the types of technologies associated with space uh, that are going to enable that type of space environment to be really successful. And if you look on the left-hand side, these are things that 
we've customarily had in the office probably for more than a decade, right? Video conferencing, voice over IP, but those systems are getting better. But as you move over to the right, right, there's starting to be a lot more technologies that are totally related to space and powered through building IoT, right? So this is uh, just some pretty fascinating sort of things that we're doing. And, you know, we're doing a lot. Aruba is doing a lot in these areas. And, um, you know, Jim and I will probably in the open session dive a little bit more into these things, whether it's around location-based services, you know, some of the connected IoT building sensors, um, et cetera. So if you think about this, we talked about within the organization, um, it's a team sport, right? It's a real collaboration, a successful piece is to really work with real estate, work with IT, work with HR. You know, from a vendor perspective, you know, our view is that to be successful, we really need to have form and function kind of work together. We need to align space design with technology design because that's not the case in a lot of spaces, right? Uh, real estate goes and constructs a space and then hands it over to IT and then IT comes in and fits out the space and they're almost serial in nature. They're not done parallelly. Um, we, Aruba, you know, have really driven kind of, I'd say, the first generation sort of digital workplace. And that was really powered by mobility, allowing people to really move around on untethered laptops, not even have desk phones, right? But that wasn't tied in with the space. What we're calling the smart digital workplace is really this uh, combination of both smart building. So we talked about the building itself with all the IoT technologies, you know, connected lighting, you know, windows those, you know, what have you, everything's becoming connected in the building. We really need to have a view that we need to tie in these two ecosystems, right? So as a presently a networking vendor, what are we bringing? We're bringing secure connectivity. All those IoT devices that are increasingly growing in number uh, need to be connected and need to be connected on a common sort of a common sort of plane for consistency, quality of service, and most notably security. Right. And right now, at the very onset of this, we're starting to see a lot of building IoT come in. But uh, for market traction initially, a lot of these are coming in on overlay systems, which present a lot of security and visibility issues. Um, the second piece that we have is that uh, we actually have some pretty detailed information on user location and context. User location in terms of a phone. Everyone has a phone. Um, we have to securely connect those phones onto the network and provide them great quality of service. So we have some pretty great information around location and context. And when you tie that in with the sensors, right, and you tie it in with the actual office design, that's where we can create what we're calling not just a digital workplace, because that's been around for a while, but a smart or smarter digital workplace. So what are some of the experiences that we're doing ourselves at our building when we've combined ourselves with this broader ecosystem, right, of real estate, IoT um, types, right? We're really enabling a new set of experiences. So think about it, truly a fully untethered office, right? If, if you build an open office design with great furniture and all these different sort of spaces and havens, but you're still anchored to your desk because you have a phone and that's not portable enough or there's not great 
coverage or mobility that allows you to bring your work anywhere you're going to be within that space, then you have an open office that truly isn't untethered and isn't being used to its best, uh, best efficiency. Right. So this is an area that we're starting to work increasingly with some of the biggest furniture makers in the world, architects, et cetera, to really enable this sort of paradigm. You go to the you go to the right hand side, that right column. If we actually have a truly open sort of office and people are moving in the course of their day across different areas, collaborating with different people, holding different meetings in different settings, focused on focal work in different settings, you know, based off their mood or based off their task, location is uh, location becomes really, really important within the building to really promote productivity, right? So if we're just transient in nature, going into a conference room, how do I make that conference room, like getting into the conference room, setting up a call, you know, setting up AV a lot more quick, a lot more intuitive, so I'm not wasting time, right? And there's also safety. Um, implications, positive safety implications as well too, right? If there's actually issues in the building, et cetera, we now know where our most precious assets are, our people are located and can kind of inform them properly, right? All the way to kind of where we're moving directionally, particularly with IoT, with all the context is, is no longer bring your own device, is no longer bring your own app, right? So if I wanted to, you know, take, take my own note-taking app and choose any cloud-based note-taking app or you know, file storage system. But it's this idea of bringing your own experience, right? As I move around the building, can I now control some of the environmentals you know, through my phone or you know, the building just knows it because through my phone, they know my preferences to be able to adjust work surfaces, to be able to adjust lighting, to be able to adjust cooling. You know, all of those things, this is what actually is possible and we're starting to do this with partners right so kind of as we wind down here um what are these partners when i said it's a team sport and we're kind of crossing the aisle bridging the aisle uh joining space you know with uh technology um about two months ago um we announced um a pretty big uh made a pretty big announcement around what we called the smart digital workplace. And what we were doing was really joining ourselves, right? Probably most notable for great mobile first approach sort of networking. Um, so really broad-based promotion of mobility for end users and increasingly IoT, you know, and those are gonna be either mobile or wired, right? Um, taking that and really joining forces with some of the big powerhouses in real estate. You see some of the names there from CBRE to you know, furniture makers like Herman Miller to you know, a lot of the data that we showed um, from Deloitte that's doing a lot of research into you know, what's happening from a real estate transformation perspective. Um, all the way to folks in kind of the building IoT space, right? So in the second and fourth column, you'll find a number of vendors that may be related to smart lighting, um, maybe related to safety, could be related to room reservations, um, you know, visitor management systems, you know, all forms of either new line of business software or um, IoT sensory sort of devices that really make the space just work for the employees a lot better. And then really finally, you know, we've done a lot of this in the past, 
with our digital workplace, uh, focus around collaboration, so things like Skype for Business, but uh, also realizing that you know there is choice out there, and you know there's a lot of movement in collaboration technologies, right, and kind of bringing on you know Microsoft with their next generation platform, uh, a huge move to you know cloud-based communication platforms like Zoom, you know really coming in collectively as a group to do thought leadership like we're doing right now establish best practices and uh, really work on better sort of technology integrations across these lines of products you know where applicable you know so so that's what we're doing great sort of story we're just getting started here this is by no means like where this ends right and you know i think a lot of the the publicity you know both not just technology or real estate sort of trade press, but mainstream trade press that uh, we've made with this announcement is, you know, having a lot of, you know, uh, organizations and companies take notice, but also a broader ecosystem of folks like starting to become interested to talk to us around us. So with that, that's pretty much, uh, Jim, uh, the comments that I wanted to share. Hopefully um, this works really well, I think, with the kind of, uh, the, the family of uh, webinar that you've been having around this smart office, smart workplace. Um, probably the one last thing I'll leave you with um, is a lot of the stuff we've actually been doing a lot of research and investment and thought leadership here. As we talked about, I talked a little bit about the survey, but if you go to our website and go to the digital workplace solutions page, we also have some pretty recently written um, white papers around and talk a lot more in detail around some of the experiences that we're envisioning, and also IoT, and uh, namely more around the security of IoT, which uh, I, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about in the open forum. Yes. Um, so well. with that, Jim, back over to you. Sure. Yeah, sure. As, as Alan said, anyone um, who's got any questions, uh, please uh, please put them to us now. We've got about uh, well, we've got plenty of time for for some interaction here. So. You got any questions for, for Alan or or for me even? Um, feel free to type them in. Yeah, I think it's some of the things that stuck out for me there, Alan. One was, um, you know, you talk about the mobile first architecture, and I think that's it's super interesting, isn't it? Because you can't have this kind of untethered, open, kind of more collaborative environment without actually having, you know, that uh, quite, you know. Um, advanced networking infrastructure in place, can you? Absolutely not. Yeah, and that's been a fascinating journey for us. Um, you think about, I talked about all the changes in just physical space and office design, right? It's now, you know, while we're shrinking for an individual, we're trying to shrink the dedicated space, whether if you had an office or a cube down, like dedicated to an individual down, what we're trying to do with the office is really make the office more accessible, more usable. So to an individual, while it may be the dedicated space is shrinking, we're trying to make more work environments and as a result, more net space available for a user that does come into the office, right? So it may be a desk where they could focus, to more of a haven area, to you know the cafeteria, you know wherever, and what really enables that is mobility. Mm. Um, at Aruba, I talked to or alluded to this. You know, we were very very successful 
with the original digital workplace in Silicon Valley. So if you think about all the high tech names, all the internet names, the vast majority of those companies rely on us, right? And, you know, they were probably one of the first sort of verticals or segments that kind of adopted more of an open office sort of design. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things we did, um, you know, we now been doing this a number of years is really cut, you know, laptops don't, are increasingly getting uh, plugged in less and less into docking stations, but you still had that desk phone, right? And that desk phone really did tether you and ground you down to your desk. But you think about the cell phone, you think about things like Skype for Business or Zoom or whatever, where you could take your phone number and it just follows you everywhere. That was really, really important. And to be able to support things like screen sharing, video, voice, in a high quality manner over a wireless network is something that, that we pioneered, right? If you think about it, a lot of the wireless networks were really installed, you know, we're still addressing these opportunities, right? They were installed as amenity networks for guest access. So it wasn't mission critical, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it would not be nice if it went down or it didn't support some session bad, but it was just for a guest. But if we're literally saying that our business critical conversations you know, webinars that we're presenting like this are over, um, you know, from any specific area, you know, over wireless, that technology really needed to be advanced enough to understand what, um, what sort of applications are running and elevate the quality of service. And more importantly, have the tooling to not just give a great experience, but be able to assess what that experience is for my employees. And if there's an issue, triage and figure out where the problems are that are creating, 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 you know, service issues or service problems. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you said in the, in that slide, aligning space and technology. And I, I think actually it's, it's, you know, from me, cause I come at, at this more from the, you know, in a way the kind of physical technology, you know, where people actually putting IOT things into, into the building. It's, it's sometimes easy to forget that, you know, they, they all rely on good networking, technology so that's uh, as you said yeah. mobile first kind of architecture is super important yeah and just to give you a little more context in our building you know for workstations right where the workstations are right where we do our traditional benching and desking yeah um, I showed you all those furniture systems we actually have zero Ethernet that actually goes um, goes to any of these um, uh, any of these areas Right. And if you think about it, as we kind of build out additional floors, because we don't have one less cable tethering us down and that needs to be relocated, we're starting to look at more furniture systems that are a lot more modular. So as the business changes, as teams shrink or expand, as team dynamics change, we don't have to wait 10 years to go wreck and rebuild a floor to kind of address the needs of the business units. Right. We could I wouldn't say we move it weekly, but, you know, if on an annual basis, you could effectively restack or move a floor with a lot more portability and a lot more uh, modularity than you ever had in the past. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the, the other thing that stuck out for me when we were talking about um, wellness and I know on, and you mentioned wellness, you mentioned productivity. And I know these things that are, you know, there's a, a lot of conversation about those and, and I think you know th th there's people there's obviously 
a lot of important reasons why people are wanting to make their buildings smarter and and that's around things like productivity and wellness but one thing that struck me i think as you said it's kind of focus on productivity perhaps that's not the the right way to think about it sometimes it's it's the this this wellness happiness thing and i wonder if there's there's actually something that is easier to measure as well like we know how many sick days people have we know how for example retention of staff and 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 i'm sure hr departments are monitoring that kind of thing but it'd be really interesting to see what the impact of you know better technology better environment is on is on those metrics yeah, no, totally agree. I mean, it, it, my initial comment, you think about it, I said, you know, every business is focused on customer experience, right? And now they're yeah. kind of turning inwards and saying, okay, if I need to have my employees deliver great customer experiences and think out of the box, I need to really um, provide them a great experience too. And that's not just productivity around the bottom line, but I need them to really feel well, be proud, you know, really uh, engage and be very conducive to allow a new style of working to take place, right? And I think the wellness aspect of it is very, very significant, right? You think about in California here, and I think in many places of the world, you know, probably for the past decade, we've been focused around lead certified buildings that are basically, uh, you know, green in energy, but, you know, now the focus around well standard, right? And, you know, are we allowing enough light into the building? You know, how are we supporting the flow of people um, you know, how, what kind of ergonomics do they have, right? Um, you know, all, all these things do factor in, right? And, I mean, it's still soft, but you kind of think about a happier employee, a more productive employee, if you can retain that employee for longer, right? Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of now on the back end, at the bottom line, a lot of material benefits, uh, both to the employee and the organization as a whole. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, one, uh, I'm kind of indulging myself a little bit here. I'm asking all the questions. <laughs> We've had a bunch come in, and I, would, <laughs> and I promise I will get to them. But I just wanted to ask about the uh, the partner network. Are you so what, what what you've created here is essentially a group of companies, and you're looking to obviously promote technology. But is there is there beyond the kind of um, education piece, is there is there more to it? And are you, are you looking for, actively looking for companies to join? Yeah, I mean, I'd say you know the part we're just scratching the surface here. You know, you saw the names that uh, that we showed here. You know, honestly, what we're trying to do is we're seeing a lot of solutions and some really smart problems and solutions that may originate on the techno classic technology side or may kind of uh, originate maybe on the real estate side, mm -hmm. right? And they're, as I said, built in silos. And I think you know, our viewpoint is kind of the network. We're kind of unique in that we kind of bridge the physical world to the digital world, right? It's airwaves or you know, uh, a cable that's connecting a physical device, a physical asset, a physical space, you know, back to that digital domain. And uh, yeah, so we're working with and talking to increasing amount of folks around this, right? So Aruba has traditionally had a partnership program called Aruba Edge. We still do, right? And that's the classic, like, hey, you. you you as a vendor or ecosystem partner have something that needs to integrate with right. our technology, right? And I think that that is a very that that's a very successful program for us. 
we continue to do that in a lot of verticals for things that touch the network. I, I think in this specific area, you know, we're working with new sets of partners to really do a one plus one equals three, right? Um, if technologists did it alone, you know, or real estate did it alone, you get to a certain byproduct. But if we really combine and think out of the box and really combine, you know, the strengths of kind of both camps, you can really create something new and special, right? So that's why you're starting to see some non-traditional names there, right? Like Herman Miller is a furniture vendor, yeah, for right. example, right? Um, you know, with, with a networking company, uh, a, a little unique to even guys that don't even have any technology to, um, you know, um, in some cases to uh, to be able to integrate with, right? But are doing a lot from a strategic and consulting and advisory side, right? To to have and help organizations make sense of all of this, right? So that's. That's that's the focus around the smart digital workplace set of partnerships and why we thought we needed to open up a new category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it makes perfect sense. So I really should, we've had a bunch of questions come in for you, Alan, so I should really get to right. them. Um, first one here is kind of a bit more of a technical question to see how you get on with this. Um, uh, have you connected your solutions to existing HVAC solutions uh, to go above and beyond office space? Uh, towards cognitive building, similar to the edge building, which I think is the one in Amsterdam he's referring to. Um, and then also, he says, out of interest, have you come across BatNet as uh, the main building automation? Yes. Thing? So yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a lot of the buildings, a lot of the buildings um, out there, you know, both legacy and even new buildings, you know, still are using tried and true tested sort of technology like BACnet. There's actually a pretty interesting set of, you know, uh, organizations, solution providers, system integrators out there that are increasingly trying to make those systems um, uh, more people aware. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I what I'll say here is, you know, we've we've integrated and are playing and exploring with some of these sort of systems where we're tying in, um, you know, a lot of those systems right now, you know, if you want to customize like say temperature or wanted to run down a window shade, either it's using PIR technology just to say, Hey, there's a body in this space, right. Or it would rely on someone to basically log in via an app or basically interact with some physical panel to basically, try to adjust or provide their preferences. I think this is an area where, you know, our indoor location technology, which I didn't talk about too much, but probably worthwhile talking about, and sense of context um, could really help kind of automate that process and just streamline it and make it a lot better. Still Mm -hmm. early days, uh, but, you know, certainly having those conversations, I think the ecosystem that we create is creating a vehicle for us to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so with that, just really quick, um, I talked about, you know, primarily we do a lot of business, you know, our, our, our run rate business around networking, wireless, wired, but, uh, we also have indoor location technology, um, you know, and we're a big vendor to do this. Um, where, you know, we're using Bluetooth low energy sort of beacons with apps to be able to allow people to, to locate themselves on a the map, find assets, um, et cetera, and, you know, have some real deployments, right? Whether it's in enterprise or into stadiums or into large public sort of venues or retail, mm-hmm. right? So we're taking that expertise around 
context and location and applying it to kind of these smart office settings. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And we, we wrote about that earlier this year. It's really taking off that space. I mean, I think yes, you, you've, you've seen a lot of, um, you know, retail solutions uh, the past few years. And what, what we've noticed certainly is that it's moving into commercial uh, office kind of space as well. And we wrote about that. Okay, next question. Um, for those organizations that fall outside of the CIO reporting structure, what are the things that are driving them to adopt the more complex IT systems into ecosystems that have historically siloed and supported by less complex architectures? Hmm. So, I, I mean, as I, I think that slide that we showed before, you know, a team sport, I, what we've started to see, yeah. right, is, I don't know if this is an exact answer to the question, right, in, in certain organizations where IT is, you know, not driving or some, in some cases not interested <laughs> um, to participate, which if you ask me is kind of an unfortunate, um, we're starting to see real estate, or I would kind of think of real estate in this case, kind of akin to OT, operation technology, just within the context of a building, starting to build their own discipline, right? And bring in, oftentimes you'll see certain IT technologists that actually make the jump and go over onto the real estate side, and they'll start creating technology solutions to kind of meet um, meet their needs, right? Or they'll turn to solution providers that are, have actually um, ha have a product that may solve like the actual business case out there that have cleverly kind of uh, put in technology infrastructure to be able to serve uh, serve the application and needs that they want. Right. So those are my views. Uh, Jim, I don't know if you have any specific views on uh, that question yourself. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is unfortunate, isn't it? If if I mean, I can understand the view of you know traditional IT in the sense that having to put or having then take responsibility for, um, you know, equipment, as you said, OT stuff, right, that, that they've not traditionally had to be responsible for, then that's uh, perhaps something that, 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 you know, they can butt heads with, for example, facilities. But where, you know, and we've done webinars on this. We did a webinar with, um, a, uh, sorry, not a webinar, an interview with a guy from Penn State, uh, and they've done some fantastic things by just, you know, actually taking a more of an open approach to, to their IT infrastructure and, and kind of embracing it. And, you know, the technology's there to, to virtualize networks now. So, um, you know, anything's really possible. Uh, yeah, so yeah, security is an issue. You know, I, we get that. And I know, of course, you have to be super careful about, you know, all of these the, these different bits of, uh, bits of kit that, that are, you know, closing the right ports, making sure that they're, you know, protected and patched. But, but you know, that's all part of, of running a, a good IT network, isn't it? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I, I'd say, you know, we're just getting started, right? And if you're, or if someone who's listening, if their organization doesn't have that collaboration, like they shouldn't be singled out because frankly, I'd say the majority of organizations right now still have these silos. Right. And what you're seeing, how this is amalgamating is, for example, in the smart lighting market, you know, those things need to be connected. 
and real estate typically owns the decision in the budget and they want to connect the lights, but maybe they don't want to deal with IT or IT wants to be nowhere near it because they have no idea, can't control it, right? Mm. It's not a traditional endpoint that IT services. So what you see in the end of the day is now a lot of these, and I kind of see this as first gen, these connected devices are going through a gateway and then going through an LTE backhaul and basically running on a shadow network out of the net, out of the building, mm-hmm. right? So that gets the application working, et cetera. But as more and more of these things get connected, right, is if, as, if our lights, if our HVAC, if our desks, all these sensors get connected, and if they're going on parallel networks, you now have a real secure issue, security issue, because we don't have visibility into those traffic flows, and heaven forbid if a video camera gets hacked, you know, we don't, all the security investment the enterprise has put in to be able to surveil and just make sure everything is running and not being infiltrated, you know, you're not taking advantage of that, right? So, so we do see a movement, and I think a lot of our partners that are part of this see a movement that, you know, while right now, to get started, you know, some of these gateways may exist. They need to converge onto a common platform, uh, a common infrastructure um, as a whole. And you know, the the thing that you talked about before, you know, how do you secure all these unknown devices? You know, you said shutting down ports, you know, permissioning ports. That's very static. And our feeling is that in this IoT environment where we have hundreds, if not thousands, of devices, all different types of devices that need connectivity to go and use traditional IT approaches, which is I'm going to provision that device statically against a port or against a MAC address, that's not going to work. That's where the network smarts, you know, profiling devices, machine learning, um, understanding the behaviors of devices over time, you're going to really need to take advantage of those advanced pieces of software. And Aruba, a lot of our R&D and our investments have been in here. Um, and really, if you think about it, focus around IoT, right, to, to, to really enable those devices to very quickly, securely connect to the network and then assess and just make sure that those connections over time are healthy. Because a lot of these devices are, are low cost, you know, we can't even put software on it to protect itself. Yeah, yeah, some great points there. I, and, you know, I think a lot of this stuff does, does start with, with the network, doesn't it? It really does. I'm just going to try and get through some uh, some questions. I'm sorry if um, we don't get through them all, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, another one here. Do you believe with, uh, that the expansion of digital workspaces, mobility, and co-working spaces, uh, will commercial office buildings become more and more industry-specific to foster more collaboration? Uh, rethink building connections as an example. I think um, that's an interesting question. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I don't know if it necessarily be industry specific. Maybe there's a co-working opportunity or market out there where you could build co-working <laughs> facilities to cater to a specific industry. I mean, I think in general with co-working, with space as a service, you know, contraction and expansion of space, space just needs to be a lot more modular, right? You, you can't build, you think about it, the office environment you know, the traditional, you walk into so many buildings still, and those are high cubes, and those cubes have looked like that for decades on end, right? Um, Probably since the 70s or 60s, late 60s, 70s, right? The cubes started to come up, 
And then after with, you know, distributed computing, once we started putting token ring, right, and then, you know, Ethernet, uh, they became a permanent fixture because now we're running our, our technology infrastructure through those cubes. And even though real estate wanted to rip them out, they couldn't, right? And as a result, you know, the space, you could see, so disconnected with how today's working. Like it's a very collaborative sort of environment, right? So I, I just think space in general needs to be more modular. Um, and, you know, maybe there's some interesting business opportunities from a co-working standpoint, right? To focus on specific sort of industries or just cater to, you know, getting members for specific sort of, specific sort of trades, right? I, I think there's certainly an opportunity. And I've seen a couple of sort of examples around this where they're offering space as a service and specifically around, you know, a type of, of, of space. So it might be, you know, um, some kind of consulting area. So it'd be, you know, a desk and two chairs. So someone could use that for, you know, some kind of, uh, I don't know, psych, you know, psychology or, you know, just, just doing an interview with somebody or, or up to, you know, more of a training area where you actually have, you know, a power, some ability to share a presentation and enough chairs. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely, um, something there to play around with different spaces and 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 how different spaces are used um not quite sure if it, there's anything out there yet but it's certainly interesting yeah no i mean there's tremendous disruption that's happening here for sure mm. uh there was something else here yeah m more about um uh what kind of communications i know you've mentioned uh you're using bluetooth low energy for um your occupancy analytics. Uh, but are you also talking about Wi-Fi? I assume that's something you know guys know a lot about. What other are you looking at any other in-building communications? Communications or space analytics? I'm sorry. Uh, I, I think the question is is around what type of building communication protocols you're using. Uh, you mentioned Bluetooth Low Energy for the occupancy analytics, yeah. but I guess as a networking company, you obviously- Oh, as in from a network perspective. Yeah, yeah so, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the network bearer sort of uh, protocols. Obviously, you know, we sell a lot of ethernet switching, right? And I think on the ethernet switching market, you know, the, the protocol evolution, it's, it's a little more mature there, but, you know, now we've been able to increase speeds over a normal Cat6 or Cat7 cable to over a gigabit barrier, which is not important for end users because we just said end user computers aren't plugging into it, they're coming over to wireless. But if you think about the next generation wireless access point technologies, you know those access points are increasingly streaming more and they're gonna wanna use the existing kind of low voltage cabling infrastructure to be able to support that. So there's some evolution there. You're seeing some evolution and maybe this is applicable for things like cameras or things that may be higher power devices over time um, with power ethernet moving from 30 watts, which is a POE plus standard to a new standard coming out that will support you know, much more, uh, much more uh, power over a cable. All the way to the wireless side, right? So the wireless side, there's the Wi-Fi technology, um, which is moving towards 802.11ax. Um, we currently have Bluetooth technology and we're starting to see Bluetooth not just in the utilization of space, but you see a lot of connected lighting that's starting to um, to uh, utilize Bluetooth mesh uh, to be able to connect 
right? So that's a, a device that you would think you would traditionally want to plug a wire in to connect. But even for building static devices like lighting, if you looked at, you know, deploying that, you know, wireless versus wired, it's frankly the bomb, the bill of material is a lot less right now I'm doing wireless, which is why you're seeing innovation there to, you know, you're starting to see other um, building IoT stuff that's using other low power technologies. So 15.4, we're definitely looking at, you know, Zigbee, Thread, et cetera. And then you have a whole host of other low power technologies, right? Mm. That you've probably heard of Sigfox, LoRa, but those are, from my perspective, more wide area technologies. Right. I don't yeah, know if sure. you have a viewpoint, James. No, versus I, I, kind of inbuilt. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely agree with that. I think actually some. I mean, I, I've heard from some, you know, systems integrators actually that it is uh, a, a bane for them, you know, the wireless inbuilding. Um, and I think one of their main criticisms or, or problems with it is, is you know, that a lot of the time the you know, they're, they're perhaps given a brief and they're told, well, this is this is the kind of system you've got to design, but often it can change, right? And it, and it, in a way, mm. in, and when you're trying to propagate a wireless signal, it really does matter where different types of walls are. Um, so yeah, it's not yeah. it's not so simple as people think, I don't think, is it? You know, propagating a, a good wireless signal throughout a building. Yeah, well, you know, I think that's increasingly becoming uh, easier because with a lot of the customers, they're deploying enough wireless. It's no longer about an access point providing coverage. It's around density. So when we deploy access points, you know, most of the access points are actually tremendously powered down, right? So it's less about coverage. It's more really around RF coordination, mm -hmm. right? And if you think about this, we just talked about multiple protocols, right? Whether it's Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, you know, 15.4 technology, you know, a lot of them, you know, wireless headsets, right, which we have deployed a lot in our space too because it's so open and mobile. They're all running on the 2.4 or 5 gigahertz band, right? Um, predominantly, a lot of the IoT is on 2.4, right? So there's a lot of spectrum coordination that needs to take place, right? And a good experience will happen when we're coordinating all those different bespoke applications in a, in a structured manner, right, right? which is... Once again, like another reason or a benefit or a rationale that, you know, you need to have a stable kind of common foundation to be able to do all of this. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. You've got to build it on a, on a strong foundation for sure. Okay, uh, we maybe have time for just two more questions here. Um, do you feel that buildings should have a single network infrastructure to support both, IO, both OT and IT applications? Are you still seeing two air gap networks between the two? We see a lot of air gap networks um, out there um, because um, it, it's not just because we want to separate the traffic um, physically or logically, but the groups that manage the devices may not have entitlements or visibility into one another's sort of things. Um, what I see, and uh, if you just follow where our innovation is going, um, is that it is possible, and we're doing this, you know, um, even at the government level, right, where sometimes you think about there's classified and unclassified traffic. It could sit on the same logical network. No, the same physical network, I'm sorry. Um, and with, by being on the same physical network, there's things like we just talked about, RF coordination, et cetera, that you can really, since on the same physical 
infrastructure, you can now coordinate those two and you don't step on one another. But logically, the traffic um, is actually entirely segmented. And when I talk about segmented, it's not just the data path, but the data path, the control path, and even the management plane path. So if I had an unclassified employee and a classified employee, I may not want an unclassified employee managing um, the network or the traffic classified information, right? So we've done a lot of um, investment uh, into bringing some of these advanced technologies onto the network. In retail, you know, for example, a store within a store, you now have stores that have that sublease to subtenants in the stores, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't want to have, you know, someone bring in another network, you know, they could logically portion off the network and give them access, right? So that would be the answer to my question. Mm -hmm. But that said, you know, still, uh, there's still a lot of a lot of um, a, a lot of organizations out there that air gap because they're just not aware of the capabilities of the technology, right? And they're working off of kind of governance or or standards or policies that they built, you know, ten years ago, five years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Final question, Alan. I promise. <laughs> sure. No uh, worries. Actually, is someone great. someone is writing their bachelor's thesis on smart building and they want to know if they can use your slides as part of their smart office chapter how do you feel about that well this is a public webinar public domain so <laughs> yeah if you like it that'd be great um you know definitely love if you get attributed back to us that'd be great but um there you go i'm, yeah, sure, um, I'm sure they will yeah this is great you know and i mean some of the stats too i showed you some of the partners that we're dealing with right so some of those stats were, you know, from our partners at Herman Miller at Deloitte, you know, so this is, you know, if we want to be successful, we want this to be successful and the more, the, the more enthusiasm, you know, there is around this, right? I think we've achieved our objectives, right? Yes, absolutely. And one more, sorry. Are you doing edge no analytics worries. as well? I guess that's, yes. that's to um, do with your um, occupancy uh, solution, right? So we're working with providers to do that. But as I said at the beginning, Aruba, as the edge business unit, we have both connectivity and compute resources in our and, and infrastructure and solutions in our vision. So, so we actually have a product line, edge line, uh, edge compute product platform that we're working with you know, some of the line of business or software providers and really packaging out, creating solutions around edge analytics, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be in a number of sort of um, applications, right? It could be on a factory line to really understand more, you know, um, proactive sort of maintenance all the way to, you know, if you think about edge analytics and, you know, video or something uh, within a workplace or, or in retail, et cetera. So yes, the answer is yes. Great. Well, Alan, I guess it just reminds me to say, look, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. And that was really interesting. Um, some, uh, some great insights there. So I really appreciate it. I'm sure everyone who's listened has appreciated it as well. And yeah, and also thanks for all the questions. Uh, that, was, that was great. And uh, if people want, if you want to listen again, you want to share it with any of your um, coworkers or, or other people, then uh, it's going to be up on our website on memory.com. Um, sometime over the weekend uh, and if not then early next week uh, and you can find it on 
YouTube, SoundCloud, and it will be on iTunes as well. So yeah, it just remains for me to say thanks, Alan. Um, if, if people want to uh, get more, I know they can go to the Aruba uh, website. We put up that, that's in the show notes. But uh, as well, if they had some more questions for you or one of your team, can they get hold of you? Yeah, um, probably LinkedIn is good. Okay. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, I've been on the circuit too, talking about this. You know, with some of our partners and in increasingly getting pulled into different sort of domains to talk about this stuff. So this has been great. And Jim, you know, fabulous series that you have, and uh, you know, some great questions here. I uh, I see that uh, we may be doing something uh, maybe in the future again. And yeah, <laughs> maybe around a topic uh, that kind of dovetails or branches off of this. So. Sure, you'll be welcome back anytime for sure. Look forward to it. Thanks. Great. Again. Cheers. Bye bye. All right. Well, thank you. Bye.